Well, last week, China announced the end of poverty. So today we're asking the question, has China eradicated poverty? I'm Matthew Chitwood. I lived for two years in a remote mountain village in Yunnan doing research with the Institute of Current World Affairs. And I'm here today, uh, very honored to be speaking with Dexter Roberts, who was with Business Week and Bloomberg for 20 years, reporting all across China, and has recently published a book, The Myth of Chinese Capitalism, that examines how rural China has changed over the past 20 years and the role of rural migrants in where China's heading in the future. Dexter, it's great to have you. Uh, thank you, Matthew. I'm delighted to have this chance to talk to you today. Uh, so, uh, well, you know, Matthew, obviously you are uh, the one who has just uh, uh, published this very important article in Foreign Affairs on, the, on this very newsy topic, which is the announcement by China that after all these years, it has succeeded in eradicating extreme poverty. And of course, as you well know, this was a this is one of their so-called centennial goals. Uh, it's supposed to be accomplished by 2021, which is the 100th anniversary of the Chinese, of the founding of the Chinese Communist Party. Yep. So I think let's start, uh, uh, I have a, a broad question for you. Uh, there's been some questions about whether China's actually succeeded in this very, very ambitious uh, goal of eradicating poverty. So have they done it? Have they uh, ended poverty in China today? So my short answer is yes, it has, uh, and it will, and it still has a long way to go. What do I mean by that? Um, it has by their metrics. Uh, what they announced last week was based on counties. They have two indices by which they measure poverty. So one is uh, county poverty. And and yeah, last week, Guizhou announced the last nine of its counties uh, were lifted out of poverty. Uh, and it will, and I mean by that is households, um, that they measure income, food, clothing, housing, healthcare, uh, and education. And they will do that, uh, I expect, by the end of the year. Uh, the reason I say that is because it's too big to fail. Uh, they've uh, allocated so much uh, financial, political capital uh, to this effort that uh, absolutely they are going to accomplish it. But I would I would say this, and you know this well from your uh, research and writing, um, that they have a long way to go. There there are challenges uh, ahead to uh, sustain the gains that they've made. It's a very low bar. Um, I know you've written specifically uh, about uh, migrant laborers and relocation settlements. Uh, tell us more about challenges with that to this campaign. Yeah, I think you, you make a good point about it being too big to fail. And of course, it's it's a priority, top priority of party secretary and president Xi Jinping. Um, and and so, of, of course, they will succeed, which is great news. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the big concerns that I had and that I did write about in my book, The Myth of Chinese Capitalism, is, uh, so first of all, so say they do succeed, and, and it looks like they will in, in eliminating absolute poverty. My question is, uh, will that last? Could mm -hmm. people actually fall back into poverty? And as you well know, one of the major planks of this effort has actually been population transfers, sometimes forced. Sometimes the people don't want to go. Sometimes mm -hmm. they're very happy to move into these new apartments that are often provided to them. But the question of whether they can make a uh, living, uh, find a job or create a job as an entrepreneur in these new communities after 
being resettled often out of mountainous areas in China is really an open question. I actually right. visited some resettlement centers, both in Inner Mongolia that were for ethnic Mongolians, and then also uh, in the Sichuan Chongqing area for farmers. And one of the questions that always jumped to my mind was, where 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 are they going to find their jobs? Right. Yeah. One of the things I I point out in my article on foreign affairs is that uh, a, a party official told me it's a Sichuan Wenti. It's a mindset problem. You can't take an an educated person and just turn them into an entrepreneur. So how do you create these these systems of economic growth, how do you create jobs um, with people who are, you know, illiterate or have third grade uh, educations? Uh, that's a huge challenge that they're facing and sustaining these gains. Yeah, one of the big things that I, I think you, uh, I believe you read my book. I'm, I was delighted yes. to hear that you had. Um, and I encourage others to as well. That, that, I, that I do mention in there, as you know, is the some of these legacy structural policies that still exist today that actually hold back the economic uh, fortunes of many Chinese people. And I focus in on the household registration policy. And that, in effect... Uh, the HUCO, uh, right? Yeah, the, the HUCO policy, restricting the social welfare benefits, both healthcare and education that uh, migrants in China get access to. Now, this might not uh, stop them from eliminating poverty, but it is a substantial obstacle to eliminating uh, the, the very large and growing wealth inequality that we're seeing in China today. Yeah, definitely challenges ahead with this. Uh, I, I like to remind people because stats are numbing, um, but you know, the 100 million people who've been lifted out of poverty, new roads, new houses, better education, healthcare, celebrate with them, um, but challenges ahead. Dexter, thanks for the conversation today. Thank you.